Hey, hey, welcome to season two, episode six of Monday State of Mind, brought to you by Harmony Foundation. My name is Michael Mazel, and I am your host. I am so excited for today because today we have an amazing human being on the podcast. And I will also say before she introduces herself again, and I said the word again, because if you have been a seasoned listener, you will have heard her on the podcast and she is incredible and she is going to continue to talk about what I started talking about last week, which is acceptance, right? I told all of you this topic is powerful and it demands hearing other people's perspective other than my own. And so this amazing human, I actually thought of her when I was thinking about this topic. I was like, she needs to talk about it because she doesn't sugarcoat anything. She's not Willy Wonka. She <laughs> is an amazing human. So, okay, dude, like tell the world who you are. You know, you got to reintroduce yourself because we're on season two, baby. Who do I have the pleasure of talking to the world with today? <laughs> Hello, my name is Megan Hauschultz and I work for Harmony Foundation. I have <laughs> Harmony for over 10 years and almost 11 in November, which is just crazy. And I'm sure you're all wondering, but her voice is so young. She's got to be 20 years old. <laughs> That's not the truth. <laughs> <laughs> However, I love my, I love Harmony Foundation. I love Estes Park. I love Colorado. I love everything that we stand for. And I am the intensive outpatient counselor right now. And I used to be a tech for most of my time. At Harmony Foundation, I was a tech on either the Lodge side or Swickard side. And yeah, I'm just excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so grateful you're here. And for those of you, I don't think I've ever shared this when you've been on the podcast before, but I'm just going to tell you guys now because you guys all, all know a lot about Michael, my innards. I will tell you that Megan was a tech when I went to treatment at Harmony just over seven years ago. Megan saw me at my worst Megan knows what I look like when uh, when I'm in early recovery. So I love that we have that shared connection and also to like watch you grow and to watch myself grow and for us to have this common bond of harmony and also love her recovery. It's just all time. It's so cool. And also you guys, I can appreciate her so much because again, like I said, she's so honest, but she's also honest with compassion, you know, and packs a punch. So that's why we're going to, that's why she's talking about some freaking acceptance here. So Yes. Megan, when I brought this topic to you, because I last episode, I read I read that excerpt from the big book of acceptance is the answer to all of our problems. I also said to the world, if I am not the problem, then I can't find the solution. And that's heavy for some people. And so I would love for you to dive in on talking about your experience with acceptance is the answer, leveling it up to radical acceptance and just all the things I'm laying out the red carpet, start walking and talking. Yeah. So, well, okay. So side note, first of all, I have to say that Michael has always been this excited about recovery, even <laughs> when you feel you are at your darkest or your sickest, when you came into treatment, Michael, you are always this 
enthusiastic and energetic. And um, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool to have seen you go from all of that to everything you are now in recovery. And I think that that is just a testament to what recovery can do for us, right? And how recovery does work in our lives in so many different ways. And it's not just going to meetings. It's not just meditation and prayer. It's not just radical acceptance, right? It's not just exercise. It's not, it's all of it, right? It's all of the things and so much more um, per individual person. You did mention acceptance from the big book, right? So page 417 of the big book says, acceptance is the answer to all of my problems today as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this very moment. That was hard for me at first, right? Like that, I struggled with that personally in recovery. How can I accept that I'm an alcoholic? How can I accept that I'm a drug addict? How can I possibly accept the things that have happened to me or that I have done and all the hurt and pain that I have caused other people? It's unacceptable in my opinion. Through my own personal growth in recovery, and also, by the way, this is one of my favorite topics ever to teach, to follow, all of it. But through my own personal journey, it's like, okay, the past is the past. And that is literally the only thing in my life right now that's untouchable is is the past. And if I'm looking at the past for exactly how it is, right, it's, it's perfect and imperfect in all of the ways that it was intended to be. And if I'm looking from a Buddhist perspective or Buddhist lens, which I'm not claiming to be at all, however, I think we can all get on board with any spiritual topics or beliefs. You know, they say that everything that has ever happened in your whole entire life has been leading you to this moment in time right now. So when looking back on my past and the things that I really truly believed were unacceptable, I had to accept those things for exactly the way they are because they cannot be changed. And so here we come to the serenity prayer, right? So it's just like, okay, if I'm really truly diving into that, then it's like, I really need to have courage to change the things that I can directly in front of me right now, right? What's placed in front of me right now. And I get to make a choice, you know, and this is a disease of choice once in recovery. I get to make the decision today, whether or not I'm going to walk the spiritual path whether or not I'm going to walk the walk and talk the talk. I get to make the decision today to believe in radical acceptance of what is, is, and figure out, you know, from those past mistakes, from what has been, what I want to do with my future and what I want to do with everything right now. I love that you even brought the the serenity prayer into this because I will sometimes have to say the serenity prayer multiple times a day, being able to just really dive into, you know, the, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. What I also know to be true too, that I would love for you to talk about is I know for myself that I talked about Megan is like when it came to acceptance, it was hard because I didn't want the power. I wanted to be able to, and still to this day, cause I am not perfect. I want to blame my husband for me being in a bad mood, maybe because he didn't make the bed the way I wanted him to. I want to blame the person driving two miles an hour for my crappy attitude. And that's a cop-out. Those are all things that I have no control over. And so to get into acceptance of it, I can't control that. I can control me. I was like, man, I don't want that responsibility. When I chose to take that responsibility, I was like, hot damn. 
there's power in that. But I would love to hear you talk about like, what did that look like even for you? And even for the newer people that you work with in recovery, when you talk about, Hey, like you get to have your power back. You don't get to play the blame game. Right. It really does come down to victimizing myself. And I did victimize myself for so many years when I was lost in addiction and everything was everyone else's fault, right? I would never take responsibility for anything, right? So let's roll into step 10 about just promptly admitting when we're wrong so that we can move forward and also acknowledge that I'm human in all of my human frailties. I truly do love to still blame others for everything going on. And then I reel it in and say, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Like I can choose <laughs> to feel a certain way, think a certain way, do a certain thing, right. Or choose not to, like I can set boundaries where I need to. And I think that that is like the greatest gift of all is understanding that like through my powerlessness of other people and situations, I am actually gaining power through accepting my powerlessness. I am gaining my power back through surrender, which is by the way, the same thing as acceptance. I can gain my power back. Back in my addiction, everything was my parents' fault, my siblings' fault, my friends' fault, God's fault. And I just would always place blame on everything else so that I didn't have to look internally at my own personal struggles and problems, right? Because I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready to really see myself in all of my flaws or misfortune or lies or whatever it is, you know, that I was encompassing through my disease. and. Today, I really can look at radical acceptance as, okay, I'm going to fully accept, and this is what radical acceptance is, is fully accepting a person, a place, a thing, a situation, an outcome for exactly the way it is. And I'm accepting it fully with mind, with my body, with my spirit, with all of my being. I have to accept this for the facts that they have, that they're holding. Doesn't mean I have to like it. Doesn't mean I have to approve of it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I have to any of those things. Uh, I don't even have to start to try to like it. It's not about, okay, well now I need to force myself to like or love this thing or human or whatever. It's about accepting the fact that they are what they are or that it is what it is. And if I still am harboring resentment over it, or if I'm still letting it just eat my lunch every day, then I have personal work to do. I have personal work to do. And that's what that means. Oh, and your sponsor and in AA, NA, whatever, will say, do the work. Oh, and the work really just means I need to sit down. I need to journal. I need to really process my feelings around this. I need to label and identify the exact feeling around this, not just anger, not just sadness. Maybe I'm feeling jealous. Maybe I'm feeling envious. Maybe I'm feeling hurt. It's not just as simple as saying angry or that I'm sad about something. It's really about identifying my own personal issues about it. And I do teach the CBT triangle. And what that really is, is there's a situation at the top, right? That happens any situation, anything at all. It could even just be a person that's just under your skin. Okay. And then followed by that situation, we have a thought. And with that thought, I can pull out facts from feelings, facts from my own personal feelings. And then what I really need to accept about those thoughts are the facts, the radical acceptance pieces within the facts of this situation. And then come the emotions. 
And then right there in the emotions is where I can identify my own true feelings about these thoughts and about the situation. And then from there, I can create action. And what I used to do is go directly situation, emotion, act, situation, emotion, act. And I wouldn't process, I wouldn't pause, I wouldn't halt, I would just act and it would not always, but most likely would never be in my best interest, right? Because I was a very emotional, dramatic, just fly by the seat of my pants type of person. But when we can really just sit down and look at the facts from the feelings and then decide how we're going to act appropriately, I mean, take five minutes, you know, and it changes literally everything. It'll change the whole course of your day to recognize which part you need to accept. Uh, oh, sweet mother of all goodness. Y'all better put this on repeat before you go to bed or right when you wake up. Megan, you hit some huge pieces of acceptance. And here's the thing. What I've noticed too is a lot of people don't want to take the time. But it's like when you take the time, as soon as you were saying situation, there's a situation, there's an emotion and then act instead of situation, emotion, look at your facts and then act. Mm -hmm. That's where I cause harm. We all have a choice in how we react to a situation. And if I don't pause, like you talked about that magical, I like to look at it as like a vibrant crystal-y looking sparkly button. Mm -hmm. If I don't hit that sparkly button and just pause, I will cause harm. And I will say something that I wish I could take back. I would love to hear your thoughts when we talk about when you look at the pause and you look at situation, emotion, where does for some people, where does resistance and fear come into play with this? Oh, with everything, especially the fear piece. Everything we do is based on fear as humans. I go to work today because I don't want to lose my job and get scolded by my boss. <laughs> I eat because I don't want to die. Everything is based out of fear, I feel, you know, and some of that fear can be healthy. Honestly, we need healthy fear as humans to, to grow and to thrive. And it tells us which way to act or how to act when we really process and pause. And when it comes to fear in the wrong areas, it's, it's one of those human emotions, I think, especially for myself, that we just need to try to put a little bit of that on the back burner and take a leap of faith. And that's what recovery always is, is I don't know what tomorrow means. I don't know if I can stay sober today or for the next hour, but I'm going to have faith that I might be able to, and I'm going to let fear lead me in the right place instead of the wrong places. So just the benefits of being able to fully and radically accept something that is out of our control, this is helping me with my anxiety. This is helping me with my anger issues, with how my sadness and, and my depression sometimes run me and fuel me and gives me really some of that instant gratification of just being able to pause and deal, right? Yeah. So, and we all love instant gratification. We know we do, all of us as addicts and alcoholics, we, we, we strive for instant gratification at all times and also understanding that that's not how life works, that we're not always going to be instantly gratified. But when I can pause, when I can halt, there is gratification in that. Oh, Megan, I feel so seen in her because this is a topic and this is why I really wanted to talk about it because I think that again, sometimes, and I'll even say not just addicts and alcoholics, but the world, we want a solution like right away. And we don't mm -hmm. want to feel and process. Mm -hmm. And that radical acceptance part, it's that invitation 
to process and to be like, Hey, it's not a bad thing to be in like for us to be in control and ego deflation is necessary. But again, like I said, if we don't have that, then we can't see our part. And I also talked about Megan, that acceptance, like us choosing to accept is seeing our part, but it it creates room for growth because we're either, I feel like we're either green and growing or ripe and rotting. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those like acceptance. When we look at facts and situations, it's when we process acceptance, we come out on the other side armed with more facts about ourselves and how we handle situations. And so what are things that you do? I will just ask you like on the reg, being someone that has obviously practiced this for, you know, a hot, long 60 seconds of your life. What are things that you have now just become because you've chosen acceptance for the most part? Mm. What are things that have become a working part of your mind? If you wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind sharing. Yeah. Well, you know, we always talk about addiction is just repetitiveness, right? In the brain. It is. It's just pick up, drink, start over, wash, rinse, repeat, pick up, drink, start over. And so really recovery is not just about putting down the bottle. It's, it's about creating those new neural pathways in our brain when it's by repetition that we do that. And so it's not an easy thing to do. And it's always going to be a process and a practice. I think for me, especially um, somebody who did come from such a, a selfish background of me, 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 and it's just remembering in my own personal life to go back to step three, you know, and turning my will and my life over to the care of God, as I understand God. And what that means is I I need to figure out what I can and can't control within a situation. And so a lot of those tips and tricks, you know, that I use myself is just like self-soothing tools, self-care and self-care. I always tell everyone like self-care is not a band-aid that we put on when things are crazy. Self-care is something that we practice daily. We have to. And then when things do hit the fan, if they hit the fan, I will know how to act on it appropriately. And it doesn't mean that I don't get angry. It doesn't mean that I don't lose my cool. It doesn't mean that I don't yell. It doesn't mean that I don't think irrationally because I do all of those things. I still have an irrational thought process a lot of the time because I am an addict forever. And because I did live many years of my life very irrationally. And so I think just going for a walk for sure, getting up and going for a walk, especially with those tough emotions like anger, resentment, any of those, I will get stuck in my head so badly that I forget that I need to radically accept these things that that are fact and out of my control. And I will sit here trying to control these things. And so I'll get up, I'll go for a walk. I'll listen to some good music. I'll just listen to nature. I will listen to a podcast. By the way, I recommend this one. (laughs) I will listen to a book anything to just slow down the process. Okay. And of course, like we can't always just get up and go for a walk. And also, you know, I beg to, to differ. I say, I don't care if you're at work, go take a break. It's all about advocating for yourself as well. And so we have this distress tolerance skill also called like accepts, right? Accepts is just activities, um, contributing comparisons, emotions, pushing away thoughts, and sensations. And so that's really just engaging in activities, focus on someone or something rather than yourself with contributing, um, with comparisons. It's like, look at your situation in comparison to something worse. And so that's really where I count my blessing and, and say, let's not focus Megan on what we don't have. Let's focus on what we do and then check my emotions, do something that will create a competing emotion. Am I feeling sad? Let me watch a funny movie. Am I feeling nervous? Let me listen to a meditation. And then pushing away. And so this, this skill of pushing away, I love so much. That's where I'm saying, 
go take a break, push away from whatever it is that you're doing, push away from the, the hard conversation and take a break and take 20 minutes, take 10, take whatever you need. And then when those emotions and, and thoughts take over, start doing your breathing techniques, count to 10, count backwards from 10 to one, whatever it is that will just help you to stop and not hit send and not say the thing that you are going to regret tomorrow. And then sensations, find something that will distract you from those intense negative emotions, anything like that. I love like just my leather chair and just like rubbing the arm of my chair, playing with my hair, whatever it is that I need to do to just take my focus off this perceived negative situation or emotion. Ah, another tool coming in hot. And I think that that is so, because just like you just identified so many of us we're all different and we all need different ways to process like what we're going through so that we can, like you said, get into acceptance and show up with love and tolerance. You guys, this is how we move through and this is how we build community. And this is how we build connection is just like what Megan and I are doing right now, talking about the hard things, talking about the fun things that happen as a result of doing the hard thing. I always like to say, you know, Megan, we get to choose our hard. You can choose the hard of like, not accepting it and having that linger or the heart of choosing to look at self, process emotions and actually come out as a better human. Yes. One last thing before we wrap up, when you work with the, your current clients that are fresh, like fresh in recovery, ready to seize the world or crawl in a hole because they're like, what is this? Right. You know, either one or the other too. <laughs> right. One or the other. <laughs> when they have a hard time with this topic of radical acceptance, what is one or two things that you have found that you have said to them? that just clicks that you're like, wow, if I break it down to be this simple, it can be this simple. Yeah. Really. It goes back to just trying to figure out, I say, okay, what is it within this situation that you can control? And let's focus, let's focus on those items. Let's focus on what yes. you can control because honestly, we're kind of dramatic people, us addicts and alcoholics. And I, and I know in my own personal life that I was, I was intentionally focusing on the things and the people that I couldn't control. And I was trying to control because I just couldn't let it go. I couldn't let things go for what they were. And I always had to fight. Really, it's just going back to surrender, suit up, show up, listen, don't always talk and just pause, just pause and process with another human who's maybe done this a little bit longer. I still do the same thing. I still have to process with other humans about the choices that I could or couldn't make about the things that I could or couldn't do or should or shouldn't do about not hitting send before I proofread that email or that text message. And the whole more shall be revealed. You don't need to know everything right now and you're not going to, and I don't either. And I'm not going to, and just being okay with that, just being okay with having some faith with having a little leap of faith. And if you're staying clean and sober, then you're doing it right. Then you're winning. If you do one thing out of character for you, that is going to help you thrive in your recovery, like calling someone or pausing or going for a walk or whatever, then you're winning. You're doing it right. Oh, it doesn't have to be any grand master plan. It just has to be as simple as pause and don't drink. Yeah. What a concept. Don't worry. I know all of you right now are like, um, so when is she coming back? The answer is I won't tell you, but yes, Megan will be back. Okay. You guys, so you can like take a deep breath and relax because um, Megan will be back. And 
the things that you offered the world today, Megan, are incredible. And I hope you all find solution with what has been presented. And I will also say this again, if you listen to this and you think it would help somebody else, share it, share the wealth, help somebody else so that they can also find a solution and tools that maybe they didn't know about before. That's how we build community. And that's how we build connection. Cause that's what we do here on Monday state of mind. We build better humans. Megan, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. You are a gift in this world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Before we part ways, I want to remind you that help is available. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, please reach out to the Harmony Foundation at 970-586-4491. Just remember that together, We do build better humans. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. 